Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have a friend here, talented artist, Jazz A Leeds. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, can't complain. It's a beautiful day from what I see. And, uh, you know, just know. Uh, living life. <laughs> How are you doing during these crazy times? I'm doing all right. You know, I think everybody's just trying to find a way to stay sane and keep themselves entertained and busy, especially with the third lockdown, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's just constant uncertainty and there's just constant, you know, just unpredictable uh, circumstances. Like I said, it's it's crazy. You know, we're both in the artist uh, kind of industry, so we don't know whether we're coming or we're going. Uh, you know, it's flattering to know that the media industry is considered essential. Um, I get (laughs) yelled at or or, uh, commented, like, how is that essential? But, um, you know, I'm not complaining. I love that the arts is considered essential and it's important Mm -hmm. for, you know, our mental health. And that's something, uh, why I brought you on the podcast as well. As much as I see that you're talented, I know that you're an advocate about mental health and well-being, and, you know, just expressing, um, ways in which you can, uh, become the best individual you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, having said that, when we first connected on Instagram, um, you know, I took a look at your profile and I noticed in the bio, it just said artist yeah. and it had the emojis of, um, you know, film strip, uh, a clock and a microphone. And <laughs> I wanted to know it. Yeah. I want, I, I was, the clock was what threw me off. I, I, I didn't know what that was, but, yeah. um, I wanted to know like, what kind of artist do you classify as with these emojis? Man, <laughs> um, Honestly, I've changed my bio so many times. Um, I think in the beginning I had um, a mental health advocate written in my bio, but then, I mean, as I started to do like more advocacy work, I was like, it's 2021. I don't think I need to classify myself as a mental health advocate. Like, I don't need to state it. I feel like everybody kind of should already be one, right? Right. To a certain degree. Um, but I understand like why an advocate versus somebody who's not really talking about it too much would stand out. But just for mm-hmm. myself, I was just like, you know what? I think I, I don't want to claim that space because I want it to be, because the whole purpose for me about talking about mental health is to normalize the conversation. Yeah. But um, that's, uh, that's why I guess I changed it to artist um, because yeah. I was like, it just interweaves, a little bit of everything that I do and then I realized okay I don't really do a specific thing there's so many things that I'm doing right right um the modeling it's like a hobby that I do but music has something is something that I've always been kind of doing which is kind of like the microphone <laughs> being there yeah yeah exactly um but it also just like was a way for me uh, the microphone also kind of just states for me is voicing your opinion and voicing your experience mm. as a human being um allowing and believing that you have a voice um and i feel like that's what art does for artists yeah because i want to i wanted to interject though like with the microphone it's a megaphone it's not really a microphone i should say so it's kind of like a powerful like you said a powerful statement about expressing your voice yeah and um and the film strip comes from the idea of me capturing those moments that i'm going on through my journey but also uh just a project that i was what I wanted to work on or like it's still figuring out how to get going is just these series of short visuals um done in a very abstract almost poetic way in a Mm -hmm. sense um sharing kind of like the content that I'm sharing now but with visuals instead of just imagery 
and uh, like cinematography and film is just something I've always been a fan of. And uh, I'm always, I always like want to learn more about it and build that mm-hmm. skill more. Yeah, for sure. And I noticed you po- posted something because I have a mutual friend yeah. um, about film stars. And mm-hmm. is that how you're kind of channeling your kind of passion, your creativity for um, film through this organization? Yeah, I think that's uh, the idea that I, uh, the project of the idea that I wanted to work on, I was like, okay, so how, where do I start um, in terms of learning how to get my hands wet with the equipment? Um, So I applied to the program and then I, they took me on as the director of the, leading that little, the short film that we did. So it was a good experience. It it was, I think it wasn't really like, I wouldn't call myself a full-on director, but like, uh, it was a cool experience to be mentored by everybody else and how to do things on set. I guess. And like you said, like get your hands wet or, you know, just get involved and um, take that leap. You know, I, myself as a director now, you know, remember the times when um, even last year, I think it was the first time I was dealing with actors because I shot a first short film that was scripted um, and, you know, just going, th- overcoming that fear Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also reminding yourself, like, this is what I want to do. I have to show up, you know, even yeah. if I fail, I have to at least tell myself I, I gave it my all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I commend you for that. You know, the fact that you have this, uh, interest and this passion for filmmaking and a lot of people won't show up and give it a shot. And the fact that you put yourself out there directing and you, you know, went up against people that, like you said, you don't really know, but they were yeah. acted as mentors, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a testament to your, to your character, you know, being strong and um, resilient, like, you know, just, again, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate and, and I commend people that just have that bravery uh, to pursue something that a lot of people don't see as common. So, yeah, no, yeah. thank you. It honestly, it's a vulnerable thing. People, I don't think people realize like, uh, yeah, yeah. unless you're like not making the art yourself, for sure, always jumping into making an art and then knowing that you're going to put it out there in public. Yep. It's, I think sometimes it's just terrifying, especially when it's like something personal that you're sharing. And a lot of people might not. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people will look at uh, directing cinematography and they'll Mm -hmm. say, well, how could it be that vulnerable? You're behind the camera and you don't realize that, for example, a cinematographer, uh, if that shot is um, grainy or it doesn't come across as focused, uh, people watching will be like, well, who took this? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they'll, the, the, like that vulnerability of your work is out there. So that's why we have that self-conscious attitude of, yeah, you got to have the best. Um, you got to put the best out there that you can. Exactly. Yeah. And directing. Yeah. Is, is like the epitome because you are the head, the captain of the ship, you are like the top. And you know, if a film is overall bad or poor, most mm-hmm. likely they will say, well, what was the, where was the director? The actors lack direction, right? You hear those terms all the time. So yeah. no matter which way you put it, that's why I kind of look, I don't know if you have the same approach where it's like the best way to fight that vulnerability is just accept that no matter what we choose in life, there's always going to be that, um, that, that, that moment of, yeah, exactly. That naysayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hater. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> there's all <laughs> kinds, there's all kinds naysayers or people that, um, yeah, just don't see the dream as much as you do. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you've experienced that as well. I wanted to ask, um, that emoji with the, with the clock, what does it represent? for you oh yeah so the the clock emoji like for me it ties in with the with the the little philosophy that i have underneath memento mori 
Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, you about that, but yeah, please explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so memento mori translates to remember we all must die. Um, and I think overall my philosophies of life have become very stoic. Um, so in terms of that, that time piece keeps me like in the present, or is a reminder of staying in the present moment, knowing that the, inevit the inevitability of life is always literally right there. Sometimes it could be right around the corner and you never know. So as much as we think there, we have a lot of time, that we have a lot of time, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. We have a lot of time, but then it's almost like we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, 100%. Right? It, it reminds me of uh, one of my inspirations, Gary Vee. Um, mm -hmm. He says, like all my life, I've been told, you know, parents, and I'm from an Italian background, so they're mm -hmm. always like, life is short. You better know what you're doing because you can mess it up. Like just very rough around the edges in a way. Um, yeah. There's no room for really the, the arts. And if you go for it, you got to prove yourself. But then you come across someone like Gary Vee um, and he's like, you know, a serial entrepreneur that believes life is long. And I, yeah. the first time I, I'll be honest, I heard that because again, all my life, I don't know if it's the environment that I was raised. I would always hear life is short. Yeah. And when I realized when, I, when he was saying life is long, it's kind of like what you're saying is, you know, the, anything could happen at mm -hmm. any time. And, you know, we we're, we're probably, you know, are in our 20s, we're young. And we're saying to ourselves, you know, oh, these people have made it by this age. But in reality, it doesn't really matter what age uh, you are. You know, I was telling yeah. a friend on the last podcast, like, there's this joke, like, uh, people say on Instagram, oh, you're 22, you're getting old or 25. And I'm laughing. I'm saying, well, what does Drake have to say? Like, he's pushing 40. And he lives a lifestyle that's more youthful than any of us. <laughs> you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just kind of like, uh, always go back to that. And I, I think it's a healthy attitude towards when you pursue something as audacious as, you know, a filmmaking career, right? It's yeah. to tell yourself, you know, it could happen at any time. A lot of my heroes, they made it like Tarantino in their thirties, Scorsese. They yeah. weren't making, they weren't like, you know, superstars at 20 years old. That's where they were building uh, their skills. Um, yeah. And kind of like what you're going off of what you're saying. It's like, I feel like we, well, in society, there's these pressures that we feel that we have to hit certain marks of achievements with certain things um yes. by a certain life uh, so life age but like you said a lot of these um big time directors filmmakers singers actors a lot of them end up making it later on in life but it's through a lot of trials and tribulations that they go through in their early stages and usually you don't really know what you're doing in the early stages you're figuring yeah, it out for sure yeah for sure and even and you, I, yeah sorry go ahead sorry, I was gonna say, even when you make it to the top, um, kind of like an idea just I was taking from my meditation this morning was learning, understanding that we're always learning, but there's always, there's always still a lot more to learn. Even when you think you know it all, or you've learned it all, there's still, there's still so much more to unlearn, to make space for a new perspective that we might be missing out on. For sure. And uh, that was beautifully put because uh, it reminds me back to my grandmother. Uh, she would say it was a saying in Italian um, mm -hmm. and it sounds much better what I'm about to say. But basically, she would always tell my mom who passed that down to us. Yeah. The 90 year old woman learned something, still learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you hear that as a kid and you're like, what? How does that make sense? And you get older and you start to realize, wow, like you, you even when you think, you know, it, you don't like there's always something to learn. There's always something to improve on. 
Um, And it doesn't always have to be in the arts. It has to be about you and as an individual. Uh, This pandemic has, you know, enlightened me and made me realize like a lot of things that I was not doing right. I'm not perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't come out of it like superstar, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I I think it exposed people in a way and made you like kind of force yourself to sit alone with your thoughts. I think that's a lot reason why a lot of people struggle with this lockdown and the pandemic itself is they weren't really forced to, to sit themselves down and, and think and reflect on who they are, be busy with who they are. You know, they were always dependent on going out or going to the club, going to the bar. Um, what are your views on that? Like how the pandemic uh, planned out? Like, did, did, do you think it affected you the same way or did it help you channel your artistry better? Um, I think it definitely, uh, it took me both ways. Uh, it did challenge me, right. my interests and, and like art in a good way. Um, but then in about like, I guess the bad part was it challenged my mental health a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I think that's what like majority of us, like it challenged our mental health. I'm pretty sure most of the population has had like a breakdown or two, <laughs> at yeah. least once over these three lockdowns. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I guess it was good in a sense where I, I was kind of already in a period of isolation before the pandemic even started mm-hmm. but that isolation came from me being dealing with things that I was going through with my mental health journey mm-hmm. um and I was uh I was I was dealing with major depressive disorder so mm-hmm. I already had kind of thrown myself into very deep isolation and I was very isolated from society for a while um for about a year I would say like I had taken myself off of social media and I was I had committed myself to pulling myself out of whatever I was going through um and showing up and going to therapy consistently taking the time off of well I I had graduated school so my at that point it was uh I just had to be relentless for myself um and show up for myself so everything else got put on hold and it was just me my mental health and me going to therapy like a few times a week um and connecting with people that were going through the same things as me and then I got thrown into the pandemic um after all that happened like I was still dealing with all that but then the pandemic came and at that when the pandemic came it was kind of like a turning a little bit of a turning point for me where now I was like coming out in a better mind state and I was I was really picking up the momentum of um fighting for myself and really pulling myself out of those dark thoughts. Um, and I used it to channel, I used all that energy and channeled it into my music. Um, and I, that's when I really started to, I feel like write some of the most heartfelt emotional music right. that I've really written. Cause all, all those experiences, I was able to channel them. Whereas before I had to process them, but um, now I was able to channel them and sit with them and just allow it to be therapeutic for myself without the idea of like, oh, this is gonna go onto social media, whatever. Because I feel like when that happens, that, that's another conversation, but like yeah, social media sure. has trained our brains to start creating in a way where it's automatically looking for the next dopamine hit now. Or, yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And we're all victims of it. Um, no matter, you know, how tough or strong you think you are, it, you're, you're human. And it's yeah. been proven, uh, you know, it's, it's through our nature that we, we seek it. And social media has found a way to exploit it. 
um, you know, the social dilemma, that documentary on Netflix. I could have told you that, you know, before that documentary came out, that there are people pulling strings, figuring out a way to make it more addictive. That's it's a business at the end of the day, it's a product and they need people to, you know, that's what marketing is. Unfortunately, it's advertising to the insecure. And Mm -hmm. the only way you sell your product is making you feel that you need it more than they they need you. Right. So um, I I really uh, respect your transparency and, you know, because it takes a lot of courage, uh, what you just said about you were going through that depressive state uh, for that year. A lot of people will see that as weakness, but in reality, it's um, strength to talk about these subjects. And the fact that you have the courage to even go uh, to therapy and talk about your problems, like communicate them with someone. A lot of people fear that. Um, I don't know if you cross paths with people that they have that attitude, like don't tell people your problems or, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you know, be an open book. And while you shouldn't be those things, I, I'm a huge believer in consolement. I'm a huge believer in having that opportunity to discuss with someone, you know, what, like just having that trust, you know, yeah. and, and sympathize, empathy, empathy, I should mention, not even sympathize, mm-hmm. but just empathetic, like, okay, maybe you can't relate entirely to that person, what they're going through, like what you said about the depressive state, but mm-hmm. I can at least put myself in your shoes because same here, a year before the pandemic, you know, I was going through a career change. I wasn't really sure of myself. I was feeling very lost mm-hmm. and I can relate to that. You know, you, you go through that. And then the pandemic, you know, I started this business, 94 productions. I got my clients lined up. Everything's ready to go. And then yeah. the pandemic hits and it's like another obstacle. And yeah. I think the best way to look at it, right. Is, you know, what have you, maybe, maybe it was meant to happen because there's more things you grew from it, right? You progressed in a different way, whether it was your mental health, maybe your artistic career, a new hobbies I discovered, like with my artworks, what, what sort of things have you discovered through this pandemic? Um, Um, I think uh, for me, it was a lot of music, music related music. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot, a lot more, my writing got much better, but I think that's because I had the clarity. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. My writing got much better and I started to teach myself piano. I wanted to like pick up guitar. I'm not the best at those. I yet. saw an Instagram story, by the way, about that. That was really nice that you're picking up an instrument. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Um, and then I have, I don't know if you know, I have a theater and film background. I went to school for theater and film studies Nice. Um, at McMaster. So now I'm figuring out how do I, well, throughout the pandemic, I was trying to figure this out too. Well, it's like, how do I translate that into the modern day world now like once you've gotten that degree you're done school now how do I put myself out there with everything that I learned for sure so I was using the pandemic as time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do the next steps um where now I was mentally ready to kind of face those next steps as well but yeah I think those were like a few of the biggest realizations and then just personally I feel like I've changed I did change a lot overall and uh I feel like people that are following my journey are seeing me evolve and seeing me change mm-hmm. um, from when I decided to bring, put myself back out there again. Um, so it's like, it's, it's an ongoing journey. Yeah, you can. Yeah, for sure. And, and you can always tell by a person's like Instagram page um, who they are um, mm-hmm. like a, it's a reflection, right? Yeah. And that's what I want to get into is, you know, when I first came upon your page, it's, it's not your typical page of, you know, you going out and, you know, partying and there's like a whole bunch of people around you. It's, it's very uh, peaceful. It's very serene. And you seem like very content and very happy. And there's a lot of photography, but it serves a story. 
Um, there's a lot of, you know, powerful captions as well. There's mm-hmm. even one post of, you know, you use your voice. I should uh, mention that your voice is very soothing, but it's also very powerful. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just, because um, when I was listening to this, I'm like, oh, maybe this is like one of those things she found on the internet and she's posting, you know, those people <laughs> that like say, oh, I was inspired by this. And I'm listening to it because we this is the first time I, I should mention we've talked, um, yeah. you know, I should say webcam to webcam or uh, <laughs> hearing your voice. So I had no idea, like, you know, what you sounded like. But I said, then I was like listening more and more. And I said, oh, my God, this is this is her. And yeah. she's giving a very powerful speech again about well-being. And mm-hmm. um, I, I was just uh, it was just a very powerful voice. And it just made it was a commanding voice. Like it made you want to listen. Yeah. And it was very calming and, and such. Do you, have you ever considered uh, going into like podcasting or doing some sort of uh, those those YouTube uh, meditation practices with your voice? Um, I've I've considered doing like podcasting in yeah, the sense yeah. of like you know what I did I did I did do a few interviews and conversations with people nice throughout this pandemic, but then I realized I was like you know what I'm like what am I doing I'm doing like five, 10 different things at one time. I was like, okay, the music needs to get done if I start trying to go into podcasting because mm-hmm. I wanted to like share conversations and journeys of like pieces of other people's journeys with their mental health, um, what they were willing to talk about and share um, and kind of launch a platform for that. But like, yeah, I was just like, maybe this isn't the right time for it. Um, and then I think overall, more than the podcasting, I really wanted to bring those people's stories and journeys to life visually, mm-hmm. more so than like with the podcast. Because I was like, yeah, podcasting is great, right? great in terms of like giving people that conversation. But then right. visually, I feel like they're not really like visually it enables sharing those kind of stories will really allow people to connect and build empathy and compassion and understand mental health a little bit more. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, uh, the visual medium is, is something so powerful. I'm a visual learner. Um, yeah. that's, that's how I, uh, you know, learn, <laughs> educate yeah. myself through visuals. Um, yeah. you know, uh, that's why filmmaking, um, I think that's another reason why you're, uh, found, found a passion in it is if you're a visual person, like that's what the whole art form is about, uh, yeah. show, don't tell. And the more you show and the more effective you are at showing things and mm-hmm. not telling it, you know, you become a master, uh, like yeah. the great Alfred Hitchcock, uh, you know, a lesson for filmmakers listening um, that I just want to throw out there is when you're starting out, uh, I never had the uh, equipment to record dialogue. I didn't have the connections for a sound person. And mm-hmm. I did everything, you know, pretty much myself. I became self-sufficient and there was no audio. There was just music uh, yeah. that was used to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way um, to really like learn your craft uh, in the beginning is force yourself uh, without people telling the audience what's happening. Yeah. Use it through visuals or music, uh, kind of like what you're doing. And people don't realize like music is very visual as well. Um, yeah, when, yeah, like when I, when I listen to music, it just, it helps, first of all, it helps me um, to create and think of ideas. And it also helps me to execute on them whether it's editing or, you know, setting up a certain shot mm-hmm. as a director, how has music played a role? As a director, I mean, I'm still, I'm a learning director, but uh, a learning as a learning director, <laughs> or I should say someone in the, in the film industry, a filmmaker. Um, I would say music plays a huge impact 
especially like okay when you think about when you're going to movies you yeah. end up in tears you're not just in tears because of the great actors like actors acting right. skills it's because of the lighting and the, the ambiance that's been created um that's, that's hitting those emotional points for us um yeah. because yeah lighting carries so much emotion too the way we light somebody um and it projects that emotion through the screen to the audience yeah um and it all works in conjunction together you know with the sound the type of soundtrack you lay on if um if it's say instrumentals and those instrumentals are more of a brighter sound or more of a duller sound or you know deeper darker sound yeah. they're all portraying different emotions all of those pitches and tones and melodies like just overall it sound is so huge and create balancing the ambiance that's already being created by um, lighting actors with costumes and everything right yeah, the the movie, the the filmmaking experience is you know something uh, that you can't replicate. Like it's something that I I for sure miss. And you know, being on a being on a set is you know it's just enthralling. You know, you you you're mm -hmm. excited about every everything that comes your way. Like you said, with the music about how it just works. Uh, you know, in in uh, unison, um, yeah. how it works together and how it really amplifies the experience and when you hit all the right notes uh, like lightning in a bottle it's just it transcends the work um yeah. you get the right actor you get the right music the score um mm -hmm. cinematography right and um that's why i asked you that is because you know someone who's in film my music plays such a huge role and you clearly have um an education and some experience uh going into filmmaking with a music background like for mm -hmm. myself, like I don't know, or I'm not picking up an instrument like you are with piano. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I can't sing. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I respect music enough to understand uh, the part it plays in, in film. And I think that's a huge advantage for yourself, you know, coming in with that, that musical background. Mm -hmm. do you do you have a preference, though, like in terms of your because you sound like a triple threat, you sound like you can write, you can act direct uh you get music do kind oh no i just no because i'm saying because because what i'm trying to get at is are you um going towards a specific path or are you just trying anything with the arts like are you are, are you aspiring to be a musical artist or is it more of an actor or a director um man i feel like i don't feel like a triple threat <laughs> i feel okay. like uh i feel like a little a bit of a Man, I feel kind of kind of feel flustered sometimes because I'm just like, okay, maybe I need to niche down more. Maybe yeah. I need to like focus on certain things. But then a part of me is like, mm, yeah, I can niche down, but like that doesn't mean I can't still try out this avenue. Um, I think with music, I with music is just like a project that I'm working on, and I want to release a project. It's I don't. I love performing live and I, I would love to be able to do that. But with the way the pandemic and everything's going on, I doubt we're going to have like concerts and things like that for a really long time. For sure. Yeah. Um, so for me right now, it's like, I like, what can I, can I, like, I can only focus on writing the music, executing the project and executing the visuals for the project. Sure. But um, another part of me is really interested in, um, like I said, directing those visual stories that I was like the visual project that I want to do and getting into acting a little bit and maybe even possibly like writing a little bit more um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, like, you know, small things like that. Writing, I haven't really gone into too much, but. When you say, yeah, when you say writing though, are you talking about um, like screenplays like, or just creative like stories, like thoughts? What um, kind of writing are you, are you discussing? I meant like, uh, so I do like creative writing, but I mean, okay, like screenwriting, I haven't gone. Oh, okay, so for film, yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. tackling that, yeah. It's it's not a, it's not easy. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, staring at the blank page. But yeah, uh, no, for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> is is have you so so you haven't really uh, you're saying picked it up or you're 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 slowly kind of approaching it. Um, I feel like I I'm learning to pick up the acting part of like the ins and outs of where should you start what do you need to do how do you get it together right, right. um and that's only because people have told me to consistently go into it and i never really thought about it too much and then i was like now now i'm at a point where i'm like yeah why why am i holding back and not believing in myself right yeah um and then then slowly through all my experiences i was like wow this would be <laughs> like a really good short film that I could make out of my own experience. But yeah, like I would need to find the right people to, I guess, help me bring it together. <laughs> yeah, like, no, even just yeah. word wise, right? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing for me as well. Like when I write, or if mm -hmm. I come up with a really cool idea or, or uh, finish the story, I'm mm -hmm. always like, well, how does this happen? Uh, <laughs> how does it, how do I make it happen? Right? The locations and um, you know, the sound I was explaining, I keep saying sound because it's so important, yeah. uh, in movies, right? Like if you, if the sound's not there, you won't listen to the story. You won't listen to what's happening. The actors. That's true. Um, so I'm the kind of guy where if I'm producing a film, uh, I always make sure that we have a sound guy. I even call yeah. him God on the set, uh, because yeah. if that sound's not working, you, you have no scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It just, uh, brings me back to a moment when I was on set and, uh, I was ready to yell action and the sound guy taps me on the shoulder and he goes, we can't start yet. There's a buzzing noise. I'm like, I don't hear anything. Like it was quiet like this. Like I can't hear anything. Yeah. And he puts on the headphones he's wearing and he's like, you hear that? And I'm like, wow. And it was like loud. I'm like, okay, we're stopping. Yeah. We stopped for about five minutes. He's like, we can continue. And I'm like, thank you. Cause he would, he, I, I, I'm so fortunate. I had that guy there because mm -hmm. uh, I would have yelled action. We would have done the scene. What if it was a really good take? And you yeah. edit it and you just hear like, and while, while people are speaking, it'll throw, yeah. throw off the whole scene. So, so critical. Um, and it goes right along with music. It's so critical to have the right notes, uh, you know, really tell that story, tell that uh, scene properly as it was intended. I want to go yeah. back to mental health. Um, because again, I know it's something that you're an advocate of, and it's even something that was stated in your bio, um, or it uh, used to be. Um, why do you feel it's important that we discuss mental health? Um, well, there's many reasons, but uh, overall, I think just to, for the fact of that, we're, we're human beings and we need to take care of like such a huge part of ourselves, our mental health. And the fact that most of us deny the reality of how much damage our mental health can do or dot deny the reality of how serious mental health can be um is kind of a reason why like it kind of launched me into talking about it more but I think the biggest reason for me was bringing it to social media bringing it to like my group of like friends in the beginning that I was mm -hmm. just sharing it with um 
was to blur the lines of like reality and social media um because it's like yeah you, oh yeah you're not supposed to post your down like you're not supposed to put, post your downs you're not supposed to post your low moments it's all supposed to be a highlight reel or yeah like like you're supposed to look happy or whatever yeah yeah um and i know like for, i know my pictures look well put together but you can like, <laughs> yeah. share um but that's just visually and i have ocd and like visually making things look well look good no for sure yeah but um but i always share a little bit of vulnerability in uh in the pose or whatever i'm writing um sometimes i like i'll delete stuff you know where i'm I'm like okay i don't know if i'm ready to share this or because i'm i'm afraid of the backlash and that comes from the stigma right yeah of course so then i'm like yeah this is exactly why i'm doing this work like to fight whatever I'm feeling because if I'm feeling it I know that there's a lot of other people out there that are feeling it too yeah our art is just so subjective I should yeah. say like it really is um obviously there's movies that we can collectively agree like it, it's not good um yeah. you know but for the most part uh, especially at the level that we're at mm-hmm. like who I always say like who are you to judge and mm-hmm. for the people that go like a big thing for me, if you criticize, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Yeah. But I can only listen to your critique if it's intelligible, well, well, uh, you know, well spoken. Um, you can back it up, really. And mm-hmm. you know, too, too too many people nowadays get caught up in oh, this person called it crap, yeah. or this person uh, said it sucked, and it's like, yeah, exactly. They just said that word. Now yeah. ask them like the reasons. For example, like you you uh post a piece of music imagine mm-hmm. if i was just like oh it sucks it's like okay thanks and then you ask me okay what why did it suck i'm like i don't yeah. know i just felt that way it's like okay move on like everyone's gonna have an opinion yeah. if i come along and say you know obviously in a nice way you don't just say it sucks you say listen i just wasn't um understanding the lyrics i think uh you know certain parts didn't really make sense for me mm-hmm. not that you're gonna change it but you're going to work with that. You're going to say, okay, I can, I can see where he's coming from. You know, yeah. I can see where his mind was going and you can mm-hmm. respect the person more and more too many people on social media go. It's so easy to just tell someone that worked really hard or just is feeling um, confident in the moment to post something mm-hmm. and just say, Oh, it's trash or it sucks. Now I've been very fortunate. And I'm sure you have uh, where we're not in that limelight where we're constantly being bombarded like a celebrity, yeah. but at the same time, um i have gone through moments where people have just told me like oh this is trash Mm -hmm. and it used to bother me a lot Mm -hmm. but then i started to realize like hold on like what where are they coming from with this like do they have an argument like why it's trash now if it's trash and they don't like it that's fair that's their opinion Mm -hmm. but i always i always like to know understand maybe that's the artist in me like why doesn't that person like it and I yeah. think the best and the whole, most healthy uh, way to approach it is to not really question why it just mm-hmm. is, you know what I mean? Like that's their opinion and yeah. someone else will have another opinion. Yeah, it's true. It's like sometimes, yeah, you can't really question why it is the way it is. And you can mm-hmm. apply that to like life and your experiences with people, because in the same way, somebody might do something, um, but like we can't really we can question them. We might be hurt by what they did, but like, that's just, sometimes that's just the way they are and they're not willing to change or develop themselves. So that's where you decide, do I take this person along with me on my journey or do I not just like, do I take that piece of advice with me or do I not? 
Yeah. Obviously if it's yeah. toxic, like I, I'm a firm believer and if it gets really out of hand, you got to just, you know, block them or both literally on the app or maybe out of your life. Uh, you can't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe in toxic fake people. Yeah. Um, Cause they'll just bring you down. Right. Yeah. But um, if they're just saying an opinion and they're coming mm-hmm. by, uh, like one guy, I remember when I first launched my hoodies, uh, they were back when it was just black and gray. Mm-hmm. He was just like, it made me laugh because he's like, some guy just comments, uh, they look great, but I find them cheesy. You could have done better. And it was literally just a random guy. I have no idea who it is from Arizona. Yeah. And I'm like, I smiled, but I also was like, what's happening? <laughs> but obviously I forgot it. Like, I, I remember it because of the story, but I'm saying is like, yeah. I just thought it was just so random. Like it was just a, a single comment there. No one else commented, just this one guy. And yeah. he just felt that day to, to, to make his voice heard and tell me how he really felt about these hoodies. Yeah. And this is what I mean by people are always going to comment. People are always going to throw something out there. I know. And, and um, usually it's like, sometimes it's just a random person. Yeah, no, but, but that's what I mean. I don't mean, I don't mean to like undermine the guy, but he literally, to me, was a random person. He was some guy, yeah. you look at his profile. He had like two posts following like 7,000 people and who knows if it was a spam account. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it was just like nowhere near where I'm, Toronto, nowhere near where we, where we live. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was a, a, a funny instance and it, it just goes to show that no matter what you do, there's always going to be someone commenting. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it's in, I like what you said about you, you take it down um, sometimes because of that stigma. But again, I, I think it's the artist in our, who we are at heart, you know, like yeah. that aesthetic, mm-hmm. because people will say like, oh, just post it. Like Gary Vee, for example, I'll bring him up again. Yeah. He goes, too many people are making their Instagram page look like a gallery, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's fair. I know what he's trying to say. Like, don't curate it so much. But at the same time, I, you, myself, if you have uh, an eye for something, if you have an eye for detail, you don't want it to be too sporadic. You know yeah. what I mean? You want it, you want it to have some sort of story, some sort because again, we're, we're artists yeah. at the end of the day. We, we love that. Yeah. That's, that calms us, that appeals to us. That's, that's what's attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm saying is you have to find that balance. Yeah. Right. Where it doesn't like control every, like you're able to let loose exactly. a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like, like I kind of started, sorry to cut you No, off. no, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I was like, I, in the beginning, I felt like, you know, I was very, it, like you said, my Instagram is very serene and peaceful. But then I felt like, wow, am I being too serious on here? I'm like, I'm not really showcasing like, that, that, that's not me in real life 24-7, like no, yeah, in that yeah, mindset. Sure. But, um, but just like, you know, just a much more lighthearted part of me where I was like, yeah, I was, maybe I didn't want to like share too much of myself on social media before just different parts of me. But now I'm kind of like, as, as I'm growing and developing personally, mentally, it's me changing the decisions for myself. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's completely okay. When people say you're allowed to wake up the next day and have this, like have be a new person, come from a new slate. And we all have that choice to make those choices every day. No, for sure. And, and, but it's okay. Also a big thing for me is, you know, some, some days you just wake up and you don't feel like doing what you love or doing anything uh, for whatever reason, like life gets in the way. It's Mm -hmm. not seamless. It's not perfect. And you know, what, what I was trying to say about your profile is, you know, take it what you will. It just came across really classy because you see a lot of um, profiles nowadays and it's just, Mm -hmm. again, very sporadic. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is like, you'll post something where you were just giving a meditative experience. You were, you were talking into the microphone yeah. and just that one post, uh, 
you know, changed how, how I saw you. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, photographs and modeling and things like that. It was, Oh, like when you posted that, I said, she respects well-being and mental health and she's an advocate of it, mm-hmm. you know, for you to post something like that. So it's a good, it, it's again, to have that transparency, to have that, that balance. And yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, again, a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people don't want to be open to, yeah. um, like a big thing for me is I've never, uh, posted these corner talks uh well I didn't have the idea conceived but mm-hmm. just my artworks and like just conversations like this um you know because I always felt it needed to be the right production value maybe fancy edits and things like that in order to be worthy right. of posting mm-hmm. and I would always keep my cinematography posts up like stills of short films that I shot yeah and then I said to myself you know I could still keep it aesthetic if I just put it out there you know be honest some people can be inspired from it uh, they also see what I do, like having you on the podcast, you can look back and say, oh, this is what he means by he's going to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And um, it just shows a different side of me, right? It just shows that I'm not the guy that's always shooting, um, taking a film, you know, uh, directing a scene. <laughs> I'm the guy that likes to talk about these conversations because yeah. they're important conversations to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're important conversations to all of us, whether we like it or not. People are just more vocal about them than others. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that, that you were able to do that. I appreciate that about you, that you're able to showcase that side to you. Um, and it's true. Sometimes we feel like like it's, it's kind of like, it's about like niching down again. You feel like you need to stay in that little niche and you can't like branch out. But I think it was Gary Vee as well that also shared like we're in the generation of and now where it's like everybody's doing one thing and the other and the other. So true. So true. So, it's yeah like I feel like this pandemic financially the financial situation that we're all in it is become like the and generation and even a career yeah and even sorry what were you gonna say yeah yeah no worries no 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 I was just um the career uh perspective as well right like Mm -hmm. there's financial of course uh people suffering in debt things like that uh and then a big thing for me too is like the career you know like back then I, I feel like it was very straightforward yeah. And now there's just so many options. And, you know, even if you do have an inclination for the arts, if you have some sort of desire to go that direction, it mm-hmm. seems so much more competitive, yeah. right? Like back then, you know, our parents' uh, generation, you say you wanted mm-hmm. to get into film, you, you probably wouldn't get the best support, but you would at least um, feel special in a way. <laughs> like I want to get into film, <laughs> like no one else is going into film. Yeah. Right. Um but again, you can't let that stop you. You have to just kind of look away from that and say, what do I want to do? And, and block out really everyone's path and vision. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that's a big thing. I don't know if you struggle with this, but like whether it's conscious or subconsciously, we compare ourselves and uh, especially with people that are in a very similar career path. Yeah. How, how do you, uh, have you experienced this uh, comparison? Do. Yes. I feel like I experience it all the time with music. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, right. Uh, like I, I feel like every time now I put up every time I put up a post I think everybody's already anticipating me dropping <laughs> dropping my album like next drop a next banger <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say yeah. but it's like uh like guys I'm just posting a picture like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To drop any music yet <laughs> um so I'm always like oh shit every time I like um feel that pressure because one of my one of my friends was like oh you we've been warned we're eating with waiting with uh waiting like with so much enthusiasm or whatever yeah yeah like this journey I'm like you know I'm not gonna let 
I'm not going to let myself feel pressured because for me, like, I don't want to put out my music until I have created that vision that I'm seeing for it. And I don't want to compromise that vision just because, just because I feel the pressure of like, oh, I should, I should have had a song out by now. I should have had this done by now. Um, Not that it needs to be perfect, but um, I'm realizing as I'm like meeting people along the way that like are working with me through this music journey, sometimes it's you know the vision I'm coming in with is being molded into like what they want or what they think is what the industry wants but to me I'm like I don't care what the industry wants yeah you can't the market will decide right yeah yeah it's not about it's not about the industry it used to be about the industry but now it's Mm -hmm. the market Um, myself I'm a client just like you are or a consumer I should say just like you are a consumer of my stuff and you will decide Mm -hmm. with a collection of everyone else (laughs) uh, if it's good or not you know, it, it, yeah. it really just comes down to that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you put it out and it doesn't do well. It doesn't do well. That doesn't matter. It doesn't take away. It doesn't mean it's no longer art. It doesn't mean it's no longer valuable or it's worthy. But because, because when we go back to thinking about like social media in terms of how we all interact with it, there's so much pressure of not just like, I guess doing well with your art, but there's all that pressure of your following, your interaction, yeah. and all of that. But when you think about it, it's really just like a big illusion. Like people, people will be moody; they'll unfollow you. Like it yeah. doesn't mean like people won't follow you because they're not in like they're not into well-being or like they're not into like development and all that. Like, you know, or there, there's 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 petty things like they don't want. I I, I know this because I've come across characters like that, or they yeah. admit I don't want my following to be too high than my followers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's like it's something so like simple as that. Now again, you don't want to be following everybody, right? Yeah. That follows you back. You want to have some sort of boundary. Like I, I like their stuff. I'm gonna follow them because then your feed's gonna yeah. be bombarded. But yeah. to just say that, right? You know, because you like if you like their stuff, you should at least support or you know. But yeah. again, you, you can't predict it. And, and I'm so glad you're, you're speaking like this. Like, yeah, I used to always think, I used to always try to, I guess maybe that's the storyteller in me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why is that person acting that way? Like, why is it? And then I realized like, this is not a movie. Like, you know, a movie, you're like a character, you, you need to tell the audience why a character is acting a certain way or else it doesn't make sense. They're a cartoon yeah. character. Mm-hmm. In real life, we don't know that. Obviously yeah. they have their own motives, but we can't, dive into their psyche we, we we have no idea where they're coming from we have no idea what they're thinking like you said it could be yeah. something as simple as they forgot to follow they don't want their following to increase mm-hmm. um genuinely they didn't like your stuff you don't know yeah and yeah the, the best approach is just constantly being putting stuff out there and yeah. you never like i'm a big believer too of uh putting things out in the universe you know mm-hmm. just kind of going to bed saying hey i did the best i could yeah. you know like i gave it my shot you know, yeah. uh, because I hate people saying, uh, I think it's, my mother would always tell me this, don't allow people to speak. And you hear it at first face value and you're like, well, everyone's going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but what she always taught and instilled in me, what, what she was trying to say is don't give anyone the opportunity uh, to say you should have done it like this or should have done it like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to still say it, but you have to know in your heart, you have to be confident enough in your heart to say, I did the best I could. For instance, with filmmaking, yeah. right? Or your dream. Mm-hmm. You don't, last thing you want is for someone like myself or someone like anyone to come along and say, well, you say you like music, but are you making music? Are you putting stuff up? And it's like, you know in your heart, yeah, I, I am, I did. Yeah. 
and mm-hmm. I gave it, I gave it my all. Yeah. And I can't control what the outcome is, but I, at least I gave it my all because we know so many people that they want to be a director. They want to be a comedian. They want to be an actor, a musician. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear them say, but I got stuff to do. Like I got a day job. I got it. And it's like, okay, I understand you have things in life, responsibilities, mm-hmm. but if you keep talking, I want to do this, this, and that, and you're not doing anything about it. You're not showing up at the very least. Yeah. You know, how do you have, uh, how, how do you have anything to stand on? Like, how do you feel good? How do you go to bed at night? You know, how do you, how do you feel good about who you are? Right. So, yeah, cause they're not even taking that chance on them. You're not even taking that chance. Yeah. And, and I just, that's what I'm saying is like, uh, again, this is all this, why I go on these like uh, rants, vents, whatever have you, it, it's my way of also uh, rationalizing and making sense of this crazy world we live in because there's just yeah. so much to absorb. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, and like I said, I, 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 my intention with this is to always help, whether it's the guest or someone listening in that, you know, whatever you see on my Instagram, whatever you see on your Instagram, yeah. you know, there, there's another story. There's another story on, on the other side. You know, I, I show yeah. my arts and I show what I create. We show what we create. But mm-hmm. as you said, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, I had no idea. Obviously I don't know you personally, mm-hmm. um, but I still didn't know or got the impression like you were going through that uh, depressive time. And it takes, it takes again, like a lot of strength to, to voice that. And a lot of people don't want to discuss those matters. You know, obviously people are cruel. They judge you. They use it against you and things like that. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be your raw self sometimes. You have to. <laughs> That's how and people respect you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it was just like, when you try to like remind yourself and approach social media with the, with knowing that, yeah, these not letting, not letting you get your dopamine hits from followers, likes, comments and all that. And you're just like well, I'm going to post it and that's it. Like, I don't care. Like it's, you're coming into my diary a little bit. So it's like, you can like stick around. I really don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you said, we never know what's happening in somebody's psyche or their motives or whatever. So for, forever, for everybody that's listening, I just hope like, you know, if you ever felt that it's, it's not a big deal. Like in, in terms of don't let it t- define your worth. Don't let those numbers define your worth. Don't let it define your value as a person online. Your online presence is completely irrelevant to you as a human being. You as a human being is so much more important than this illusion of social media. So that's so well. Yeah. That, yeah. Thank you for, for saying that because a lot of people, including myself, need to hear that sometimes because, again, we get caught up, especially in a moment right now we're in isolation. And yeah. that's for most of us, all our uh, human interaction is yeah. through social media, right? We rely on it so much because it's gotten to a point where we can't see this, we can't do that. Uh, you know, work's getting canceled or, you know, it just doesn't function the same way. It's not as normal. You're talking mm-hmm. to people with a mask. It's just, it's a different experience altogether. Yeah. And exactly. um, yeah, it's, it's so important. And uh, I want to, I want to, uh, lately I've been having this discussion with people uh, like a debate <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, about like just inquiring with different artists about the idea of a backup plan and yeah. plan B um, because I'm very strategic you know I kind of see my my path so mm-hmm. it's like I give myself like goals or you know certain milestones things should yeah. happen and while you can't uh, guarantee anything in life um, mm-hmm. you know it's important to have some sort of uh, organized path <laughs> in a way yeah um some direction some vision right um but what i want to ask you is do you uh 
believe in, in having a backup plan or are you kind of just going all for the stream in music? Well, <laughs> um, I feel like I went to school for the idea of having a backup plan. Um, so part What'd of you go to school for, by the way, I, I forgot to ask. Uh, so theater and film studies. Oh, right. Theater and film studies. Yeah. Theater and film studies. But um, I feel like I just kind of, I ended up in theater and film studies, but my intention was to go in and become a social worker. Oh. And uh, so I feel like that's always just been a part of my journey. That's something that I want to do, but I don't consider like being going back to school for social work as a backup plan mm. um, where it's like, I still want to pursue the arts. I still want to create and uh, put out music, get into acting, create my own short visuals. Of course. That's still like the vision. But um, but then I think about, if I think about the longevity of my life, if I make it to having a long, long, uh, long life, then I think about like other careers that I would want to take part in. And the other one would be social work. So I'm always like, I don't consider it a backup plan, but like, that's something that like I would like to pursue. I think I know what you mean. Uh, is, Am I making sense? No, 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 you are, you are, because yeah. this is actually something I read this morning, um, an, another article by Gary Vee, <laughs> it popped yeah. up, um, where it was like, he, to my surprise, believes in a backup plan, mm-hmm. uh, not where it takes over your A plan, like the, yeah. the, the plan that your direction, like what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, for example, he does garage sailing. Um, you know, he, he loves to buy things and resell them and that's his hobby. And he does that and he makes quite a bit of money off of it. He says, yeah. And he kind of explains like, if this whole empire would have collapsed, I would still do that to the day I die. Mm -hmm. However, he doesn't put as much energy or time into that. It's more like a thing he does on the weekends. Yeah. So what he's trying to say is he still exercises a backup plan. If you think about it by keeping it up, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's not something that his mind is on there every day. Yeah. Uh, so what, what you're trying to say is, you know, with social work, right, you're that, that's something you still have an interest in, you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's not really a backup plan, because it's still an extension of who you are. It yeah. speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, a backup plan, I guess, like a, 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 the opposite of a backup plan, or the opposite of what you said would be, I don't know, you wanted to get into construction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, what I mean, like, uh, yeah. hey, you could do it right? I'm sure yeah. you could do it, but I don't really see you doing that uh, based yeah. on you, knowing you so far. Mm-hmm. But imagine you just say, yeah, I want to be an electrician. It's like, okay, well, that would be considered like a backup plan because maybe yeah. you're going after the salary or you're going after the hours. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, social work makes sense to me. That's actually a really cool career path for you because uh, I can see you doing a lot a lot of good in that. Yeah. Um, you know, just helping people again with their well-being. Yeah. Maybe that's something I should have done. I don't know. I got to reconsider. <laughs> maybe I should have minored in social work because I studied marketing. But maybe I should have done some sort of, uh, you know, therapeutic work because I've been told uh, I yeah. enjoy talking and, you know, diving into people's uh, minds. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. But uh, never too late for it. Yeah, never, never too late. But no, but I'm too, and I don't mean to sound pretentious in any way. I just, my mind, I, I'm, I can't sit still. Like yeah. I enjoy these, these are creative for me, mm-hmm. but uh, my mind's always in film. Like I'm always visualizing a story, you know, yeah. I'm always visualizing, like even this conversation, believe it or not, is visual for me. Like I'm yeah. imagining like shots, scenes, dialogue, um, this happening in a, in a character perspective. Like that, that's what goes yeah. on in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just always, that's what I meant. meant that's really by, interesting. Yeah, thank you. It, yeah. I've, I've just been told, I think cinematically by like 
teachers that I've come across. And mm-hmm. when I, I never understood that when I was younger. Yeah. And I think what it is, is I'm just very, I'm extremely visual. So mm-hmm. when I say that music is visual, I, I literally mean like when I listen to a song, mm-hmm. I'm already thinking of like a music video. I'm already thinking of a person in it, yeah. you know, like how they would look on the camera lens, how they would look with the shots. Yeah. Um, it's just where my mind goes. Uh, and, and that's what I mean by being, I should say being self-aware, you yeah. know, I, I, okay. Yeah. I could go for it. The social work, who knows, but is it really what's speaking to me at the moment? You know, mm-hmm. like I want to give it my all. I want to just go for this dream. Uh, you know, that's why I, I was working at Bell. I kind of, you know, scrapped that. And I said, I just want to see where I go with this dream. Cause I was doing like half and half. I had one foot in there and one foot out the other. Yeah. And I just want to see where I go with this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you owe, I think any artist owes it to themselves. Yeah. If you have the opportunity, right. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. living at home. I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, I have a supportive family that way. Yeah. Um, I saved, saved some money up from the, from the jobs that I used to work, mm-hmm. but this is the time I believe, you know, I turned 26, I believe to, to kill it, as they say, to just go for it. Yeah. You know, we have our whole lives to, to realign or, or, or figure out another path. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will tell me go into history because you love history. I'm like, okay, I love history, but like, that's not something I want to, it's like saying I get, uh, I want to buy a telescope because I like science. Like, I'm not going to make it a career. You know, I'm like, I'm not yeah. Galileo, you know, like, I don't want to study uh, you know, rotations and all that. Uh, film is is what I, is what I'm obsessed with. And I think that's what you can relate when it comes to music. Like, you have to look mm-hmm. at what are you obsessed with every day? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, like, I get what you mean. I'm at home where uh, I'm doing the best where I'm like, okay, yeah, financially, what's the best situation for me? Um, figuring out a space at home, working out of home. Um, and like you said, I have a supportive family as well. It took them a while yeah. to be supportive. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can, I, trust me, mine it was no easier ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even till this day, they're still not super supportive. They're like, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, yeah, my parents say no backup plan. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you're, I'm like, hold on. Can we just clarify that? <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I heard, first time I, w- I heard a parent like actually uh, would say that, you know, yeah. like par- parents being supportive will always like my parents. Yeah. They'll, they'll come around. It's the funniest thing. They'll say like, yeah, when you make it, they don't say if, when you make it. And then they'll yeah. have a day where they'll go, but you got to put it into perspective. And I'm like, which it's, it's either, or like which one. And yeah. it's just parents, right? Like they, they love you so much. They don't want to see you fail. My mom, my dad, they admitted that to me. Yeah. And I, I can understand that because mm-hmm. if I had a kid, I would be extremely protective as well. Yeah. Seeing what is out there. Yeah. But you got to let them fly. You got to let, let them see where, where they end up. Yeah. You got to let them make their own mistakes, yeah. um, figure out their own journey. And I know I get it. It's like completely stressful. Like I have, I'm the oldest and I have two younger nice. siblings. Okay. Yeah. So it's like my mindset's kind of working in the same way my parents does for me with them. But I like, I know I can't be their parent where it's like, you just got to let them make their own mistakes. That's so true. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to, to, to tell people this, I always say it is um, we wouldn't really go after it if we didn't mm-hmm. have a belief in ourselves, like that conviction that we had a shot, you yeah. know? And I was telling another friend too, is it may sound selfish saying this, but I've come to realize I can't really tell someone you're going to make it because I don't know 
what goes on in their mind. I don't know how much work they're putting in. Only they know, you know yeah. what I mean? But only you mm-hmm. know in yourself and your heart, if you have a shot, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for yourself, right? As much as I commend you for your work, only you know in your heart what you've done and yeah. where you see yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the best approach. It's not going around because a big thing for me is like, I don't want to go around saying I'm going to make it. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I believe that life can flip you upside down uh, without you even realizing it. You know, yeah. like nothing's guaranteed. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be that overconfident. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with having a wish in your heart or having that, that, that confidence security, like, Staying Hey, hopeful. I got it. Yeah. Exactly. I got a, I got a shot or I'm doing the best I can for this. Yeah. Um, and when you, for you, I think it like, it depends on how, how much pressure we put on the idea of, um, saying like, I may, I'm going to make it because like, it's what, like, how, what do you consider that you've made it? Like, what makes you can, exactly, make, yeah. do you get what yeah. I'm saying? No, no, it's, it's, um, like, what are the standards of making it? <laughs> it's true. It's true. What are the, that, that, that would uh, make sense. Yeah. Like for me, mm-hmm. everyone's different, right? Like mm-hmm. for myself, making it is like Tarantino level because I love, you know, I, telling a story and I love the bigger the audience, the better. Like I just love mm-hmm. that reaction. I just grew up with that, with the movie theaters. Um, but what I'm saying, yeah, exactly what you're saying about the, the point of making it, like, how do you define it mm-hmm. is you got to just kind of get it. You got to like, I think when we get older too, we get, we mature, like what does yeah. success mean to you? Like a big mm-hmm. thing for me is um, like when I was younger, I, again, I, I still have that aspiration, like the Tarantino yeah. level. But when I was like in my teens, I was like, no, it's, it's that, that's it. Like, it mm-hmm. has to be that. And then for me, as I get older, I start to realize, okay, I'll still work towards that. But you know, it'd be a big, even another successful milestone mm-hmm. is being paid to do what you love. Yes. <laughs> how many of, right. How many of us friends, family, we see, or, or just being in the workplace. Like when I graduated, yeah. I got firsthand, I got that taste of what it was like to work in a job you don't like. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you and you do it because you get the paycheck like yeah. this passion of film right or music for yourself um to know that you can be successful or define success by getting uh paid for doing what you love is a, is, is a completely separate milestone than becoming yeah. famous or becoming well known you know what i mean it's just that that's just how i've changed or, or how, I, how i've seen it mm-hmm is it something that you agree as well, like with regards to that? Yeah. Um, I feel like getting paid for your art is the dream for every artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like when I think about my music, I'm like, you know what? Just just getting a project out there that I'm proud of. And if my vision was, I was able to get it as close as possible to the vision. To me, the, like for music, I was like, okay, I did it. Like I'm proud of that. Like, and then it's like, up to the consumers if they no, are for sure. push it right for sure um, or if they enjoy it or connect with it but for me I guess like to make it with the music is just to like get out that creative project um, that, that is the biggest step for sure yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, even like possibly create uh, collaborating with somebody that like I've looked up to or somebody that and that they don't have to be a celebrity or anything it's just some anybody that's like artistically doing something that I'm drawn to um even that I would consider like making it and then like filmmaking and acting and all of that like um I guess just playing for acting let's say playing a role in something that 
I'm passionate about, a storyline that I'm passionate about, and I care to tell and successfully telling that character's story and delivering that emotion, I think that's really important. Like as an actor, rather than like the glam or whatever that comes yeah. with it. It's more about like delivering that story and impacting people. No, for sure. That and and I'm glad you said that. That that should be held at par- at the paramount. Like that should be what you strive towards as an artist. Like all that other stuff, the vanity, the fame, all like the glamour um, mm-hmm. should be, you know, put to the side. In fact, it should be considered a perk, if anything, like just something yeah. like added on to uh, if you get to that level. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing whenever I, how I explain it to people, I don't know why I aim that high, mm-hmm. like for the Tarantino. It's just, it's like a joke or it's like a story when you're telling someone, like yeah. I could tell you a story, but how cool it would be if a million people heard the same story. Yeah. Right. And I got that react and it, but it was a good story where you got that reaction. Yeah. I just, I, I, I love the audience's reaction. I, I miss the movie theaters, like the gasps, yeah. the sighs, the cries. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just uh, like Tarantino says, like playing the strings, you know, just mm-hmm. your, your movie is able to, what you write on the page, your imagination is able to move a human being. Yeah. Influence them or inspire yeah. them to, to think or act a certain way. And that's something that I've always been intrigued by uh, yeah. since I was a child. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I can't shake it. I can't. I, I, I've tried to say it's not about that. It's not about, but I, yeah. I just, I always think that like, obviously the next project I do, it's not going to mm-hmm. be the biggest ever. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it's a step towards how do I get to that level? Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I get, I get what you mean by the Tarantino level. Like I completely, I, I get that. I respect that. Like, um, I know what you mean. It's a completely different feeling with the being in the theater and seeing the impact that it's having like that. You can't replace that experience. (laughs) No, you can't. And it's, it's so sad with the streaming service. That's another subject, another, another conversation for another time. (laughs) But uh, yeah, the streaming service, like I, you know, convenient, efficient, whatever have you, but uh, people are going to feel it after a while because it is a social experience. Yeah. Uh, They feel it with blockbuster. I'm starting to feel it like now where I'm like, uh, sometimes I'm not like zoned in because I'm watching it on my like laptop with so many like things going on in the background sometimes. Yeah. And you just, when you're in a movie theater, it forces you, especially again, with the social media age, mm-hmm. you don't even think about looking at your phone because yeah. A, it's rude and B, you're in a dark movie theater watching it. Like you don't think to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, hopefully they'll come back. Hopefully it'll be safe enough yeah. uh, to go back, but it won't be for some time uh, because it's one of the worst places you can be, especially around this time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I feel like movie theaters are more likely to come back though over concerts, right? Yeah. Well, no, concerts I feel are for sure coming back first in movie theaters, in my opinion. And and I I, know it's just because there's so much more money in in, with like the indie. Well, yeah, money. You know what? Yeah, money. Way, but like the artists that they sell Mm -hmm. out these these arenas, right? Like fifty thousand and. I, I just, I can't see them like completely saying, yeah, like they're going to find a way to make those concerts happen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, right? Cause they, re- they yeah. tour the world and it's just such a huge market. Like we, yeah. we know so many people that love uh, concerts. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love movies more, but what I'm saying is I'm, there's people that love concerts more than they do movies. Uh, like I knew someone yeah. that went to like, I think a thousand concerts, if that's possible, like something crazy like that. Wow. 
Yeah, something, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was an exaggerated, but <laughs> maybe a hundred. I don't know, but it was something crazy. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I've only been to like three. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah for sure. It, uh, time will tell how everything's going to plan out. Yeah. And, I think uh, selling yeah, out, out a stadium would be my Tarantino dream. <laughs> yeah. Like, see? you know what? That, but like, I keep thinking like, oh, it's so far away. Or like, sometimes Same. I'll doubt myself. Like, it's never going to happen. Or it'll just be a dream that's going to just, who knows, like where I can go. But it's a dream. I know. That it's I'm the biggest fear. Now. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad you admitted that because, you know, there's nothing wrong, by the way, with being modest. Like, you know, I don't want to be at that tarant- like that on stage, whatever. But yeah. you clearly have, there's nothing wrong with that. Like having a big mm-hmm. dream like that and, and working towards every day, getting to yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid too. You know, you never know. And yeah. a lot of people say, oh, you can't have that. You, you have to be in it full force. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, I am. I don't like relax. It's just, I have those thoughts where it's like, you never know. Right. And yeah. you, I think the best way to counter it is like we discussed this whole podcast is just keep going, keep putting out stuff and yeah. uh, look for the small milestones. You know, you'll have your time. I always say that if you're really meant to have a voice or really mm-hmm. meant uh, to be known, your mm-hmm. audience will find you. Your, the market will find you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it doesn't come. I know people say luck and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe in those things. But at the same time, it's like, is it I believe in is it meant to be? Right. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's the reality because y- there's so many artists that I know that are talented that aren't famous. There's so many artists that are famous and they're not talented. Mm-hmm. And it's like something happened along their path. They yeah. crossed with the right person at the right time. They knew the right, you know, technique. I don't know. But if you Sometimes hear any successful, a number, exactly, game. Like, a number game, if you hear any successful yeah. story, right. It comes down to, there's always that one guy, one figure that push. Mm-hmm. You always hear it. If you hear anyone successful or famous, they always say, yeah, if it wasn't for this person, I owe my life to them yeah. because they did all the work to get to that point, but that person just put them in a different realm, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's very important. People pay attention to that. Cause I fight on people that go, uh, there's no such thing as luck. It's all hard work. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But you have to cross paths with the right people sometimes. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? There's only so much work you can put in. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> there's like these many ladders that we can't climb that like only if somebody that we know is has already climbed that ladder and is willing to help you climb in right exactly. after them exactly yeah. yeah but uh on that note i want to thank you again jazzy for uh coming on the podcast and uh, discussing your journey uh it's been really insightful really helpful i believe to a lot of people and thank i plan to have yeah. And I plan to have more of these conversations in the future, you know, just documenting our journey. And I think it's yeah. so important that we have that transparency and show people that we're not just uh, pumping out content. We're not just making, uh, you know, creative pieces We're we're humans where we, yeah. we have our own uh, thoughts and our own desires and our own flaws, just like mm-hmm. you guys listening. Um, and that's something that I always want to advocate. So yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You have anything, anything else you want to say before we leave? Uh, no, I mean, I, I just appreciate you having me on. I appreciate our conversation. And like you said, it's like, um, I think we, we were just touching the tip of the ice. We barely like dove in into like get going hard in on these conversations. But um, for sure, these conversations can always go on for like much longer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. uh, that that's the beauty about, you know, we'll, we'll have you back. And uh, we'll definitely uh, dive in more about uh you know, what's going on, what's going on in our, our lives, what we're creating yeah. and 
what we're experiencing, what's challenging us. I think that's very important. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Great. Thank you for uh, this conversation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, so having said that, guys, uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you again, Jazz A Leads. And we'll talk soon.